Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning. We are here again, Baruch Hashem, and um, discussing the very last, very, very last psukim of Parshas Noyach, of Parshas Breshas, excuse me, the setup of the Mabu. Hashem says, I'm going to destroy Adam Hashabarasi, the man that I created from upon the face of the earth, everything, animals, from man to animal to creeper to the birds of the sky, because I regret that I made them, with Noach being the exception. We started discussing last week the basic question, the obvious basic question, which is, why should HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroy anything other than the people, the people who are able to make choices and who made choices, which were choices of wrong, and therefore, as a result, they should deserve punishment, that we understand why they should be destroyed. We don't understand why anybody else should be destroyed, why all these other creatures should face destruction. And Rashi, we started last week with Rashi, we went further, Rashi brings, Pshat number one was that they also behaved improperly, they also corrupted their ways. The second interpretation, Everything was created for the sake of man, and since man is gone, so what do you need anything else for? That those were the two pshatim which Rashi brought. They're based on two things which you have in the Medrash. We actually found that there were sort of like three things in the Medrash. One was that uh, that uh, the earth was created for the sake of man. And if man is gone, then what do you need the earth for? Right? Remember the, the Medrash which spoke about the king who built a whole beautiful, beautiful uh, base chastos, a whole beautiful wedding hall designed for his child. And then whatever happened Leilenu, to his child and he went in there and like in in a, in distress and fury he ripped down all the things that he created like what do I need this for I only created it for him and the world was created for man if man is self-destructed then why does everything else have to have to exist what's the purpose of anything else existing the other side in the Medish was that the these things were created to help man and they actually harmed man Right? That it was actually it was actually a negative thing that 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 that, that, that uh, remember and that goes back to the theme which we talked about that the earthiness is to blame to some degree the earthiness of man is what did us in the fact that we were created down here we take responsibility but it's that component of ourselves that's the problem a component which is shared with all of these other things and then you have the pshat and the medrash which says that they also self destructed we're going to revisit the medrash in Hashem shortly we'll visit the gemara and sanhedrin. But these were the two, the, the two schools of thought that Rashi presents. One is that there was indeed some chet which was present in the animals. And the other one is that their whole purpose is to be the context for man. And um, we, we, we dwelled on these a little bit, a little bit last week. I want to, to, uh, to, to learn with you here this week, Mir Hashem, again, to go further and deeper into this, into these ideas. Um, and we're going to do it sort of in uh, in a few steps, you know, as 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 is usual. First, I'm going to learn with you a commentary of the Arachayim Hakadosh that just presents this a little bit differently. He presents it a little bit differently. Very interesting presentation. The Arachayim at the end of Parshas Brachos, and um, and uh, it's not hitting directly on these two Midrashim, these two Pshatim of Rashi. It's a little bit of a of a different way of viewing what's happening here. Then we're going to come back to look at these Chazalan, which are based on, which Rashi are based on. We're going to spend a little time going through a, a very specific machleikas, a very specific debate, which is found amongst Kadmonim, 
amongst early early sources, and then we're going to try to to deepen the discussion uh, in terms of what what we really see here. Very important idea that we really see here that's being brought out here. Okay, so let's start with Arachaim Hakadosh. Hashem says, "I'll destroy." And he says, I'll draw all of it. And the verse ends, because I reject, I regret that I made them. Right? It's not enough for what was said before. You know, the previous verses, Hashem was disappointed, and so on and so forth. I regret that I made them. The reason why he said that he's going to destroy them, erase them completely, is because he rejected making them. He, re- he, he regretted making them, not as a response to their bad deeds. Now what he means by this is not as a specific punishment for bad deeds. It, specific punishment for bad deeds is a very particular thing. This person did this, they deserve this consequence. This person did that, they deserve that consequence. What happened was, says the Rachaim HaKadosh, that, of course, as a result of the presence of so many bad deeds, but what was triggered was a generalized regret that Hashem had made the world. If the punishment is because they did bad, so then that punishment should be brought upon those who are responsible for doing bad. But if, for instance, you had someone that hadn't yet reached the age of responsibility, forget animals. How about children? That have to get destroyed in this thing. How could you punish them? But if what happened was that it's not a punishment, but it becomes something more generalized, that as a result of what has happened, Hashem regrets the world's existence in its current form, so then the whole slate gets wiped, wiped clean. As punishment, it doesn't work. As we're scra- scratching the whole project, it does work. And that's why it says the whole list of things that get destroyed with a postscript, because I reject, I re- regret that I made them. According to this reasoning, there's no one to escape. And continues Arachaim with a beautiful final twist. What's the verse that follows? Noach found favor in the eyes of God. Pirush. It doesn't say, and Noach was a tzaddik. So therefore he didn't deserve to get punished. It says, Noach found favor in the eyes of Hashem. What does that mean? If Hashem is regretting creation as a whole, His specific righteousness is not enough to spare Him. He's still part of this project that's gotten scratched. He found favor and He didn't destroy Him. Now, it's not that it means that He wasn't a tzaddik. But even if he had, even if he was a tzaddik, the tzitkus doesn't help him. He needs something more than tzitkus. He needs the chain. And then he goes on and he speaks about the fact that there are some mitzvahs which produce chain. But see, the Arachayim HaKadosh is saying this. Okay, you're asking me a question. What did the animal sin? You're looking for an answer. It's all created for on account of man. 
Okay, so of course, in a certain sense, if you're going to have this idea of regretting the creation as a whole because man blew it, it would be because man is the purpose of the world. Understood. That's, that's well understood. But he's, he's drawing back from the specifics. Certainly from saying they did, they, every, this one did something wrong, that one did something wrong. The whole project of the world was off track. And that's where the whole destruction of the world becomes on track. And the, the one who escapes it is not the person who's just righteous, but the one who HaKadosh Baruch says, that's on track. That's what I want. That's the person from whom I would want to see the world regenerate, redevelop. So that's the Rachayim, which I think is just a, a, a nice uh, step-back perspective on this whole thing. Could, could you apply that to maybe understanding a little bit the Holocaust? In other words, if there was a project canceled, kind of, and they took a beating that way, you could tzaddikim in the... Um, one may choose 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 to see it that way. One certainly, one certainly would see it as uh, on some level that it was <clears throat> that whatever the storm was, the vicious storm which was the Holocaust, was uh, something that did not distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, which is the normal way that things happen in the world. Yes, Avram Avinu had a tefillah in the story of Sodom that made it the exception to the rule. But the rule is, things come and they, and they swallow up everything which is in, which is in, the, which is in the path, uh, which is in the path. Yes, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a difference. Um, is, is your comment uh, something that we could say, you know, by taking a look back, you know, one has to be extremely, extremely cautious and careful when speaking about any events which happen you know, in our in our time, and 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 for us to be pontificating about them, we have to be careful not to be arrogant and and assume we're able to read things, um, and, and you know that's definitely the case. It is the case that the Jewish world was literally rewritten. The Jewish world was literally reset by the Holocaust. I mean, what we have today is bichlal, not what we had before. It's just a completely different world. It's a completely different world, and uh, to 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 ask you know whether it's you know the center of Judaism, which is in Eretz Yisrael, where where it ought to be and has been is for the first time, you know in in millennia, whether it is in the whole shape and structure of the other major, super major, uh, you know dynamic golos of the Jewish people, which is the United States of America or North America. Um, it's completely different. It's just completely different, and uh, uh, you know. So, so in a sense, you get this marble kind of a kind of a feeling about what happened. Why? How? Uh, I, I don't know. That's way beyond our pay scale, right? But uh, but that 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 happened. Yeah. Okay. Back to the ranch. So now let's get a little bit into the detail. <clears throat> the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Last week I brought you the Medrash. We're going to revisit the Medrash, you know, shortly. But but it's the Gemara discusses it in Sanhedrin, which always, you know, Midrashim abound. The Gemara is considered when the Gemara says something midrashically, it's it's a, a rung up on the ladder, uh, in terms of it's you know given the seriousness of the of the central editing, so to speak, of the Gemara amongst uh, amongst Chachma Yisrael. So there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin which 
with a nice break in between them. So I, I, I you know, we, we put them in two separate paragraphs here on the sheet so that you'll see that there's really, and put three dots there, you'll see there's, there are several lines of Gomorrah in between the first paragraph that we quote here and the second. The first one says, Ki ishes kolbosar esdarke eloretz, am rabi yechnan, melame, this teaches you, shihirviyu behema al chaya, bechaya al behema. They mated a behema and a chaya, and a chaya and a behema, vakkel al odam, and all of them with man, vodam al akkel, and man with all of them. So, when the verse says, and this is a verse in next Parsha, in Parshas Noyach, right, which we're, we're going to quote shortly, all flesh had corrupted their ways on the face of the earth. He's saying, yeah, they did it. They went and they corrupted the ways of the animals. Now, what does it sound like? It sounds like there were these livestock farmers and they went and they brought together this animal and that animal and cornered them into mating. It wasn't a natural thing what the animals did. It was that the people interfered to make this happen. That's the way it sounds like in the Gemara. And then the Gemara says, Amar Avaba Barkana V'kulam Chazru. They all went back. Chutz mitushlami. What does that mean? Writes Rashi. V'kulam Chazru Lizdave Kimineim. They all went back to do normal mating with their own species. With the exception of the Tushlami. Oifu, writes Rashi, Sh'oichiz Adayin Tarbus Roshim Lizdave Kimakoel. It still has this bad nature, this bad culture, that it mates with every other creature. So what is exactly the Tushlami? I can't tell you exactly what the Tushlami is. Rashi goes on a little bit to talk about what it is. But the, the, the Gemara says they did it. They did it for a while. But Baruch Hashem, there's, they've reset. With one exception. With one exception, they have reset. That's akin to what we mentioned last time. What we'll, we'll read the quote from the Medvish shortly. Of the animals also corrupting their ways. Anybody notice a difference? Just quickly, anybody? Shuvah. What? Shuvah, they went back. Here, here it mentions that they go back. There it doesn't mention that they go back. Okay. You'll see shortly. If, if, uh, if, if Please feel free to pipe up at any time. The Gemara continues. And he erased all of the Yukum on the face of the earth. If man sinned, did animals sin? Like, why should the animals be destroyed? This can be compared to a person who made a chuppah for his son, prepared every kind of food. After a certain period of time, the child died. He went and he scattered the chuppah. What do I need this for? I made this for my son. His son died. What do I need it for? I created everything for man. If man sinned, so then why do we need? Why do we need the name of the Why do we need the name of the If man sinned, why do we need the name of the So that's the Gemara. And that's the other, right? We had two Pshatim and Rashi. One was that they sinned, and the other one was that they didn't, but Hashem destroyed them. But it's a little funny, because the Gemara starts off saying that they sinned, and then the Gemara says, what did they do wrong? Why did the Behemoth die? They didn't sin. Don't you need a rule to violate in order to sin? Like, what, what rule do the Behemoths have? Okay, okay. So they did actions which were corrupt, 
but they did, they weren't responsible for their sins. They weren't responsible. And here, oh, and that's the language. The Gemara said, didn't say that they went and they did something wrong. It says that the people went and they mated, mated them to each other, which is a, which is a complicating factor. So let's, let's look at this for a little bit. Again, explore this a little bit. The Medrash that we read last time reads as follows. Notice the difference. Rabbi Zariah B'Shem Rav Yehuda Bar Simon Omar HaKol Kilklum Asein B'Dar Everything corrupted their ways, all things corrupted their ways during the generation of the flood. HaKelev HaYolech Eitzel Azev The dog went to the wolf. V'atarnugol HaYolech Eitzel HaTavas And the rooster went to the Tavas. The Tavas, excuse me, I'm blanking. What is it? It's also a kind of bird. I forget exactly what it is. Uh... And I don't remember, what's it called? One would see the, the color, the Peacock. Peacock. All right. It doesn't say all man, it says all flesh. Even the land also committed this kind of a thing. They, they planted wheat and other things came out. What is this describing? It's not describing that people went and mated them one to the other. It's saying the dog went to the Zev. Not that people went and brought the dog to the Zev. The dog went to the Zev. They planted something in the ground, and the ground produced something different. It's not the same description as the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin. Note. Okay. Rashi brings this Gomorrah. Later in Parsha Snoyach, in the beginning of Parsha Snoyach, when it says, All flesh corrupted their ways, says Rashi, Even the animals made it with those that weren't their, their kind. They did it. Without the help of man? It doesn't say anything about the help of man writes the Mizrahi. So we're going to learn here two classic commentaries on Rashi. If someone would ask you what are the classic commentaries on Rashi, right? so commentary number one generationally is the Re'em, Rabbeinu Elio Mizrahi, and then you have the Maral's commentary on Rashi. When you, we, we, the commentary on Rashi, which people use most commonly, is something called Sifse Chachamim, which literally means the lips of the wise, which is a digest of various commentaries on Rashi. And most of it, I can't tell you the exact percentage, never studied to look the exact percentage, but most of it, the bulk of it is either from the Mizrahi or from the Gurayi. Selected quotes from these two. Let's look at it. Bamakor. The Mizrahi. When we speak about this corrupting the ways, it's talking about with Gilia Rais. Gilia Rais is you know, immorality in, of, the, of the specific kind. Darkai. The term derech is used for physical relationships. And that's the Medrash which we just quoted. He says, and that's the first pshat of the two pshatim Rashi said in, in Bereshis. That's our pasuk. Our pasuk, I'm going to destroy everything, even the animals. Why the animals? First pshat in Rashi, because they also sinned. 
Second Shad and Rashi, they're there for the sake of man. First Shad and Rashi, they also sinned. This Rashi, this Medrash, is saying that they also sinned. And that's the reason why they had trouble. Continues the, the Mizrahi. He says, in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, it brings this idea of the mating of the two, of different animals to each other. And then, writes the Mizrahi, Man sinned, but what did Behemoth do? So he's troubled by what we pointed out as a first blush question on the Gemara. The Gemara just described that the animals were involved in sin. And then it turns around and asks, well, I understand why man is destroyed, because man sinned, but what did Behemoth do? And the Gemara's answer is a different answer. They're there for the sake of man. Now I don't have man, I don't need them. That part of the Gemara is like the second shot of Rashi. It's ignoring the fact that they sinned, or maybe doesn't register the fact that they sinned. This is one piece of Gemara, like aligned with the first shot of Rashi. This is the second piece of Gemara with the second shot of Rashi. You can't put the two of them together. But the theme continues. Why? Because later it says that when they came out of the Teva, they came out according to their families. What does that mean, says Rashi? They were committed. Hey, we dogs, we're going to stick with the dogs. We wolves, we're going to stick with the wolves. Right? Everybody committed that they're going to, from then on, do the right thing. That's going according to the first shot of Rashi, that they had corrupted their ways. So according to the Mizrahi, clearly he's saying that the two pshatim of Rashi are a machlokas about what happened. The first pshat says they sinned. The second pshat says they didn't. There wasn't this corruption of the ways. And therefore any discussion about coming out of the table, it's going according to that pshat. I don't know, the Mizrahi also could have brought, you know, the Rashi, which, which brings a different chazal, which says that which animals came to the teva, only the ones that had not, committed the sin. That's also only according to the first shot of Rashi. According to the second shot of Rashi, there were no such thing as animals that sinned. It was just that the animals were destroyed because what are they here for? They're here for people. And if people are gone, then there's no purpose of them. The, the, the Mizrahi makes it sort of like a binary issue. It is or it isn't. Tup shotim. Maral argues. Says the Maral. According to the second shot of Rashi, it's not the case that they had this mating with the wrong species. And here where he says, is talking about the animals, that's, the, that's that Gemara in Sanhedrin, the first one. Writes the Maral, he's not correct. He says, like you folks said, when the Gemara says, oh, why did Hashem destroy the animals? It's not that he denied the fact that the animals did, did stuff. It's just saying, did they be deserve to be destroyed because they did stuff? Behemoths don't have mitzvahs. They don't deserve punishment for doing something wrong. So even if 
quote-unquote, they did something which we would objectively call strange or wrong, but that's not grounds for them to be destroyed. destroyed. Destruction comes, you were commanded to do something, and you made a choice against it. That Bechlal doesn't exist by animals. And that could be the Gemara's question, says the Ibn Ezra, says the Guraya, the, the, the Maral, even if they actually did what we would call quote-unquote wrong, but they're not guilty for having done it. So why do we have to kill an ox that cores and kill someone? Okay, okay. Ulufikach Amar, she hakol nivra bishvil ha'adam, and therefore it has to say the other answer, that everything was created on account of man. And that's why if man is here, these are useless. Ach kosha. But this is difficult. He says, in the Gemara it says that they brought the animals to each other. Why did Rashi put aside our passage in the Gemara to instead explain with Bracious Rabbah? What does that mean? What's his question? is not that the Gemara is explaining that Pasuk and Parshas Nayach that they people went and did it. Why does Rashi bring the version of the Medrash which says they did it as opposed to the version of the Gemara which says that man made it happen? Adds the Maral. Okay, so now he's on a different question. He, are, he understands why you need a separate reason for destruction. He understands it. They didn't make choices. However, he says, what I don't understand is the relationship between man imposing it and the animals doing it themselves. And he says, I would suggest to you the following, that there's no contradiction between the two. That man started them on the process, but once man started them on the process, they did it themselves. They've got a habit that they didn't kick. Even according to the Gemara and Sanhedrin, they all did it. I'll prove it to you, says the Maral. Because what did the Gemara say after it said it? They all went back to do properly, except for the Tashlumei. You can't speak about them going back if it was only done to the extent that man imposed it on them. So therefore it must be that it became second nature. And it was a second nature which ultimately they reversed. Good news, they reversed, with the exception of that Tashlumei. And therefore, he says, when Rashi brings Lemishpachesayim, it's according to everybody. Everybody agrees that they did it, and they did it on their own. Says Maral, according to me, all these Chazalin are together. There's no conflict between any of them. The men started imposing it upon them. Then they continued on their own. It became second nature. But for that, do they deserve to be destroyed? They didn't do anything wrong. They only deserve to be destroyed because of the fact that the, the, 
they're there for man, and now man isn't here, so we might as well get rid of it. That's the way the Mara learns. Even that is a little troubling. You'd have to, that would explain why they said that they went back, because if they didn't go back, then there would be a reason to destroy them, because the whole nature of the world is... Okay, okay, but they were destroyed. The Gemara is not trying to explain why there wasn't a reason to destroy them, they were destroyed. The Gemara is saying, today, we find that they've set themselves straight, that they're okay. They came out of the Teva, going to, according to their families, staying in the species. But when it speaks about everything corrupting its way on the face of the earth, it is giving it as a reason for destruction. When Rashi says it, he's bringing two different opinions in the Medrash as to why they were destroyed. So the, 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 well, the morale, morale is not denying that there were those who would say that this is the reason why everything was destroyed was because it, they had corrupted their ways, even though they hadn't made choices. He's just explaining the position of the Gemara in Sanhedrin, that that alone wasn't the reason for the destruction. So let's look at this a little bit more. Well, my Cr- does write that they deserve to be destroyed because of Hishkutakam. There is a there are two pshatim and Rashi. You can't deny. You can't deny it. And the, and there are two pshatim in the Medrash. Just the Gemara and Sanhedrin, by saying that it was because they're created on account of man, is not arguing with the fact that they had been That's what the Maral's main objection is to the to the Re'em. The Re'em is saying you. One opinion holds that they did corrupt their ways, and the other opinion holds that they didn't corrupt their ways. Says the Maral. Everybody holds they corrupted their ways. The question really between them is, is that a reason for them to be destroyed? Or since they're not Bali Mitzvah and Bali Bechira, that's not a reason for them well, to be destroyed. To is a reason to be destroyed, even if, even correct. despite the fact correct. that they Correct, correct, correct. And, uh, and it doesn't necessarily, I would revert to the Arachayim HaKadosh kind of thinking. Not exactly, it doesn't have to be exactly his full thing, but the place was a mess. The place was a mess. And at a certain point, you just pull it out. Now, you brought up before that if you have a, an ox that kills somebody, or those who are learning the dafyami, a rooster, right? We just had in the dafyami, you know, yesterday, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? a rooster that, you know, that, 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 that killed somebody, right? So the din is that they get stoned, they get killed. It's not because they made a bad choice. It's not because they're bali bechira and they chose the wrong thing, but uh, you, you, you're not in the Seder Oilam. You're not in the order of the world, the way the world is supposed to be. There was maybe a mikshal, a very bad thing, which came through you. So there's such a thing as saying it can't exist, even if it isn't specifically culpable and punishable using the conventional ideas of responsibility. There's a, a source here that I included part of it on your sheet. It really would take up three pages, just the source. It's a, it's a, it's what you would call, in a certain sense, a must-read. Uh, there's a f- classic piece from the Beis Halevi on the beginning of Parshas Neach on this discussion of the Gemara and Sanhedrin, and I want to give you a taste of it. And it's the Beis Halevi is so important, so real in understanding how the world works, and it's a different light on what's happening here. It's a different light, and it's a very clear light. And when you hear the Beis HaLevi, you say, wow, you know, that's like just straight and straightforward. You can feel the emes of what he is saying. 
writes the base Halevi. We'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit of it here. Sanhedrin. In the Gemara Sanhedrin, it says, this teaches you, they brought all the wrong species together. And then he quotes our Medrash. They all disrupted their ways. The dog went to the wolf. From the Medrash, it doesn't sound like the Gemara. Okay, so the Beis HaLevi is also noting the difference. Did man make it happen, or did they just do it? And from the Medrash, it sounds like they just did it. Bring the mar- look at the Marsha and The Marsha also, by the way, is a very chronic quoter of the Re'em. And, and so he, you know, he, he gets into this discussion. <coughs> but you need to understand. A man has free choice. What are you talking about? Behema. Animals behave by the call of nature. How could they do things like this? Why would they have their nature distorted? They weren't making evil choices. He says, you know, we have Gomorrahs which speak about situations like this, but this is chance. And maybe, in fact, it was to some degree in that Gomorrah, it's a, it speaks about that to some degree it was encouraged, it was trained to do so. What's being described here is something pervasive. How does that happen? The Gami Eshlohavin. And you also have to understand, the big Gemara said in He says, in that Gemara, and he points out what the, what the, what the Mizrahi pointed out, the, the, the Reim. It goes on to ask, what did Behemoth do wrong? The Mizrahi brings the Mizrahi that this Gemara is at odds with the Gemara before. If it's asking what they did, it's ignoring the fact that they did wrong. The Zayr asked the same question, just with a more difficult Aramaic. Right? If people sinned, did the animals and the birds sin? Sin? begin it says they all corrupted their ways. They left their species and they attached themselves to somebody else. In the Zayar, it's explicit that that's the answer to the question. Man sinned, right? Same question as the Gemara. What's the answer? The answer is the Gemara before. He says, look at the Marsha. There's a difficulty in making an argument between two statements of the Gemara that are brought so close to each other. Rakha Inyan. But the idea is, the Just like a person can develop bad habits by doing something, you do something, you become used to it, it becomes, it creates, you know, those neural pathways and whatever it is, and now becomes your way. (laughs) Even if intellectually understands, it's not such a great idea. Their pathways will not give them the path to tshuva. 
עם כל זה, מעליהם הכל מעין ומניחים עושים לחשוב, כי הם ישרישו בגופי טבע שני אלוהר. Even if intellectually they want to, but the stuff they did was habit forming, and makes it difficult to change. וכמויקן, writes the base הלוי, הוא פועל במייסר בכל עולם התחתן בכלל. You have to understand that you don't just create your own habits, you don't just change yourself. You change and affect your environment. Of course, if you sin publicly, then you show people a bad example, and they'll learn from the deeds of the person. Even if nobody saw says, even if you do something completely privately, you submit to a certain desire. You know what you've done now? You've created a wind in the sails of that desire in the world. You've empowered that desire within the world. And now that desire is more emboldened, it's stronger, and it will be there and will have impact not just on you, on your little neural pathways, your cute little neural pathways, but it will mamish affect, poison the environment by empowering that ruach, that tava, that direction within the world. That's the way the Rabbonu Shalola made the world. He made it that the world is placed in man's hands and that the choices that man's make, man makes has, have impact, not just in a narrow, simple sense, I can change this, I can change that, but every choice we make, it changes the ecosystem of the world, the spiritual ecosystem of the world. According to the actions of man, the nature of everything changes, little or lot. And not only with living things, even amongst inanimate objects. As the Pesach says, You came and you corrupted, you impurified my land. They impurified the land. Every state has its own dynamic. And he goes on to quote Chazalin about that. And he writes, Even though we may not be able to intellectually explain this, Nevertheless, you can sense it so in such a real way. You come to a new country, and in that country they are loose about a specific thing. He feels himself pulled towards it more than he had previously when he was someplace else where this wasn't the case. Environmental stuff. This is Jewish environmentalism. You create spiritual energy in the world for good or heaven forbid for the opposite. Now, the Beis HaLevi is a masterful essay. I'm going to mention to you just two specific examples which he brings of this, which express this, uh, this idea that he's saying here.
But you understand, this is what, what, what he's understanding and explaining. What man did, the fact that man was doing Averis, it corrupted the whole, the whole place. The whole place. And as a result, you side in their behaviors, side in the animals, you even side in the plant, in the earth plant life. And that's why you understand that the earth had to be redone. And by the way, before I get to the ramifications, the Beis HaLevi says, that's why the method for Noach of salvation was he had to build a teva. Because the teva was a rarefied atmosphere. He built a world that he and the animals would live in, which was created with purity, which would then be filled with purity. So that they would have that kind of an environment to live in, to cultivate a very great contrast to the previous environment that they occupied that brought them down so much. The value of an environment. Two, two illustrations. There's a Gemara in Chagiga. I'm sorry, in Tainus. The Gemara says, Evan mikir tizak v'kopis yanena. The stone from the wall will cry out. The wooden beam will will testify. And the Gemara in Tainus says, who is going to come to testify about a person at the end of their life before the Rabbi <coughs> And the Gemara says, the walls of our houses will come and testify. So what does that mean? And you say, okay, the walls saw. Says the Beis HaLevi, no. Just scrape, scrape the walls, take samples. And we can appreciate this now where you can go into a building, right, scrape the walls, and you'll find everybody who's ever been there before. You'll find like little DNA samples, right? If, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're material, if your, your machinery is sophisticated enough, anybody who's ever there, you'll, you can, you'll be able to find something from them, a little saliva. The whole map of the person's existence is in that little bit of saliva, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that that's not an exaggerated statement, correct? So, so uh, but... Says, 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 says the Beis HaLevi, what the Gemara is saying is that they'll, they'll, bring the, they'll bring the wallpaper, right? They'll bring the wallpaper from this room. They'll say, wow, you know, this, wall, this wallpaper, you know how many, you know, there's, there's lots of Gemara in this wallpaper, right? There's lots of, of Tyre in this wallpaper because that's what it was. Okay, we're not going to talk about what it absorbs when, I'm not, when we're not giving shear over here. There's other stuff here too, Okay. But that's the way it is. The environment is different. It changed. I remember hearing once about a Rosh Shiva that they were renovating the base medrash and he wanted to leave one thing. He left the wallpaper, actually. He left the wallpaper. They had, they had, they had to change. It really needed a whole renovation. He left the wallpaper. He wanted to have something that had absorbed all of the Torah that had been learned in that very, very vibrant base medrash for so long. He didn't want like a complete what do they call it, a total makeover. You know, he wanted it to, that there should still be some of that previous energy when they came back into the, into the base medrash. Beautiful, beautiful idea. But you have to realize that that's what you do. That's what you create. That's why a person has to think as they cultivate an environment. You've got to think about what you have in your house, what you don't have in your house. It's, 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 a, it's, a, tape. it's a nurturing atmosphere. And we know what he describes. A person goes out into a community. Right? You can sense it in the air. Is it, is it overdramatic to say that? I don't think so. I mean, look, we all see it. We see it in our time where certain, 
behaviors which were very unusual, at least to the, not only the visible eye, but even to the private counselor's eye, have seemingly taken off. Now again, you'll have the chronic debate that no one will ever be able to resolve empirically, and where some will say, no, 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 it was always there. Just people didn't talk about it. They didn't even talk about it to people who counseled them privately because it wasn't okay to talk about it. But now that it's okay to talk about it, what was always there comes out. Right? Is there more of it, or is it just that we know more about it? Right? That's a chronic debate about many, many, many things and very difficult to resolve. Some, nevertheless, have a hergish, have a feeling, a strong feeling, not an empirically able to develop a feeling, that there are changes, and it, it, you know, it, it, it's to be expected. It's to be expected. There's a spiritual atmosphere in the world, right? And things get roller skates. They just do. The more something, and it works both ways. It works, works both ways. We ride the waves in a society in the society that's around us. It's just the nature of the way the world works. Listen to what the Beis HaLevi next says as a tzushtel, as a something which he believes is a, ma- a manifestation of this principle. The Gemara says in Chagiga, <coughs> The Gemara says over there that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a place for everybody in Gan Eden, and a place for everybody in Gehenna. We've all got reservations in both places. You don't necessarily have to use the reservations. Right? If you don't cancel within 12 hours, it goes on your credit card. right? But, but, but you don't necessarily have to use the reservations. And in fact, many of a, a person will either use one reservation or the other reservation. Says the Gemara, that Tzadik Huzocha will take his portion and his friend's portion in Gan Eden, Russia, Loyaleno, he'll take his portion, his friend's portion again. So the simple way to read it is, you know, everybody's got a room reserved, but you know, there are going to be plenty of people who are not going to take them up on the reservation for heaven. So that will give the tzaddik a suite, right? They'll open the connecting room, the connecting door between the two of them. And Loyaleno, the same thing for the Russia. Baruch Hashem, the tzaddikim who won't use their room, Rishon will get a suite, which in Ganhenim is not so sweet. <laughs> the Beis HaLevi has a completely different understanding of it <clears throat> completely different he says it's not just oh you're not using it I'll take it the tzaddik added to the positive energy in the world so he can take credit for what the next tzaddik did you did that only because of what I did. You rode the wave that I created. And Leolenu, the Russia, not only gets his own punishment, he also gets the punishment of his friend because he created a negative energy. And a result of that negative energy, others were more prone to do something which was negative. We have to see the world as a large spiritual ecosystem, ecosystem, within which we do things that impact everybody. Not just visibly. Of course, you, you act nicely. You, oh, wow, you can act like that, and the person will learn from you. That's part of it. Parhesia, open, visible. But there's also 
the invisible, the energy which is created. You know, it's, it's reminiscent of the famous thing that Rav Chaim Velozhner wrote in the Nefesh HaChaim about Kiddush Hashem and Chilul Hashem. But Kiddush Hashem is where you do something that fills the world with the presence of Hashem. And Chilul Hashem is where you make a halal, where you make an empty space absent of Hashem. It's, it's about that energy within the world. Realize the impact. People always need to realize that what one person does has a tremendous, tremendous spillover effect to others. Tremendous spillover effect to others. And there are movements and waves that happen within the world. Nice, 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 nice. So, just to close this, so at this place, again, we, we cannot learn this parsha without talking about this, this idea. It's very critical, and of course, it, it unifies as well, to some degree. You know, that's how the animals sin. They may not have done something wrong, but they're all they've been corrupted by the actions of man. They didn't make choices, but they've been corrupt, corrupted by the actions of man. Then the Gemara comes back and asks the question: So, but why were they punished if they didn't divide the sin? Everything was created for man. Man sinned, then we don't need it anymore. You could see that in a certain practical sense. But I think, in a in in a way. It's more than that, and that's what the Beis HaLevi is really alluding to. And that is, that it is because everything in the world is here for man, for us, and for our choices, that everything is affected by us and our choices. If everything is here as a support system for man, then when man uses it for the right thing, then what is that doing? Saying, wow, Tashmishe Mitzvah. They're there for, for a positive purpose. And that thing itself gets lifted up. It, the positive energy is, it influences the other thing? Yes, that's true. That's what the Beis HaLevi is speaking about. But in a certain sense, the energy, besides having influence on others, it's that, hey, you're here, you're being used as a base, as a platform, as a tool for this great thing. You know what that makes you? That makes you great. The Ramchal has an expression, I just bring one quote of it. Let's read it right now. The, from the Derech Hashem Chelek Aleph Perek Dalad. When man uses the world, in this way, in the right way. That action, that use of the world, that eating, that drinking, that sleeping, it in itself is part of creating his perfection. It brings to him a great level. Like mitzvahs do. He's not talking here about mitzvahs, he's talking about physical usage of the world. This in itself is a great mitzvah. To safeguard our bodies, to treat them properly so that we can serve Hashem, you know, with all, with all, uh, you know, all pistons firing, with everything going. And we should use the world for this purpose and this intent. 
And as a result, we are uplifted by this action. And the world itself is uplifted. When it helped man to serve his creator. When human beings behave well, like we learned last week, the person's mekayim the oilam, they make everything worthwhile. They make everything make sense. The holiness of a person equals the holiness of the material world that the person is surrounded by. Not just because of ripple effect. Again, the Beis HaLevi is speaking about of ripple effect. You added spiritual energy. But it's also the internal effect of A is for B, and B is shooting for the stars, so A also becomes, it rides on its coattails. It is lifted up along with it. We've discussed this principle before. I'll remind you of it, and we will conclude. And that is that when we talked originally about man, we talked about man being immortal. He would live forever. But one second, physical body, has its own rules. It's made up of many different component parts that they come apart. They don't last forever. But what did we learn? We learned that the body was infused with a soul. And if the body became a tool for the soul to do its what it's supposed to do, then it becomes like part of the soul. It will gain the nitzchius, the eternity that is the lot of the soul. The body of Adam shone with a brightness that made the sun pale in comparison. What was that brightness? It was the brightness of the soul, but it was the body of Adam Rishon because it was a kli, it was a tashmish kedusha. It was a vessel for the holiness, which was man. So it lifted up the whole world. Could you imagine what happens to a world of the mabul? where all of the world is just another distraction and another tool for them doing something else wrong and deeper depravity and worse corruption. What happens to the world? How sooty is it now? How blackened is it? That's that regret which we've had expressed in Chazal over and over again. I made it for them. And look what they've done with it. Look where it's led them in a sense. We can have a big mistake that informs the way we think about the world. And that is, here I am, I'm a contestant on a game show. Right? How long will I stay in the game show? How many prizes? Am I going to go home with turtle wax? Or am I going to go home with a new convertible? You know, that's the world. I'm in the world, there's a game show, do many mitzvahs as you can, avoid as many avarices as you, as you can, and you'll score great. Congratulations, you're going to go into your little cubby hole, your little room in Ganeiden, that one which we talked about, which is reserved for you, and you'll be able to have Mamish Skybox for the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. All you can eat. Or you can view yourself as a piece of the entire world. And HaKadosh Baruch project is the whole wide world. And every single thing which you do is about the entirety of the project. Everything which you do, it just, it, it affects 
every piece of humanity. It affects the globe, the plants, the animals, every single thing. You're going to be carrying the world with you. You're not getting that little cubby hole, that little skybox. You're carrying the world with you. That's what this is about. That's what that mission is about. For all of the Asar Mamores, or heaven forbid, he's punished for destroying the world of Asar Mamores. The whole world is carried along with you. 